Good morning, everyone. Great to see you here. So I'm just getting myself organised. Christmas, uh, it's a great time. And let me just say a very warm welcome to you if you're visiting from outside of St Matthews. I know we have a lot of international people here at Christmas time. Who's here from overseas for uh, Christmas? Quite a few. Why don't you welcome them here, our St Matthews friends. Great to have you come and join us. Let me pray. Father, we do thank you we can be here this day with friends and family from around the world. And Father, as we stop now for a few minutes to think about the meaning of this day, open our hearts, our minds and our wills to the wonders that are in your word and to the arrival of your son, the Lord Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Now, there's no doubt Christmas has got lots of elements to it. Uh, there is the shopping the great joy of going to Ringer Mall, particularly when they're constructing. My wife went down to Harris Farm yesterday and we woke up at six and she went down at seven and she said she walked and at seven o'clock there were jams to get into the car park and by the time she'd left Harris Farm, there was a queue of 100 metres to get into the seafood section of Harris Farm. It's crazy, but that's Christmas, isn't it? Now, who's heading off to a family feast today? I suspect many of us, we do it twice, uh, that's how silly we are, we do it today with my family and Kat's family uh, the next day, turkey both days, it's all part of Christmas. Um, I reckon one of the sillier things of Christmas though is the bonbons, I don't know where they came from and why we sit round the table with these funny cheap paper hats on thinking we're having fun, anyway we do it don't we, we have the uh, stupid jokes that we laugh at uh, and here I am preaching in a tie at 10 o'clock. I don't normally, but I thought I've got my Christmas bling delivered from my wife, my lovely tie. I thought I'm wearing it this morning at 10 o'clock. I don't care what you think, but I think it looks good. <laughs> and then you get the Christmas songs. And it's interesting, if you go back in time, uh, there were always special songs at Christmas. Now, we've been singing them, we call them carols. But in modern culture and with modern musicians, they've rewritten and uh, written their own Christmas songs. And I just want to play you one just to think about uh, this Christmas. It was written by John Lennon. And in fact, it's one of his most famous songs that he's written, Happy Christmas, War is Over. Have a listen to this uh, first part of the song. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And so this is Christmas know this but John Lennon wrote that in many ways as part of his protest against the war that was happening in Vietnam at the time and in fact so strong was his protesting against the United States government and particularly Richard Nixon that when he went to renew his visa uh, in 71 they actually knocked it back and said we don't want you in this country. Now he did come back there uh, as you know sadly tragically killed in New York 
But it's an interesting line. Let's hope it's a good one, he wrote, without any fear. And I wonder how you're feeling about life in general as we come to this Christmas. I was very struck. Mike Baird uh, spoke briefly at the Manly Council carols that I had the privilege of speaking at this year. And he said something that struck me. He said, you know, it's been a very difficult year. And Mike's a very buoyant character and generally very positive. But you saw the reality, I think, of what we as Australians have gone through. And I was thinking about what he said and just thinking about the past 12 months and just the realities that we've had to go through, not just as a country here in Australia, but in the world. And you think about the way world, the world and our country has changed. Now, Lind Cafe used to be known as the place that had very, very good chocolate in at Martin Place with coffee. But of course, all of you know that picture now is a testimony to the way terrorism has struck in Australia. The letters ISIS, I-S-I-S, meant nothing to us a couple of years back, but now they are just a symbol of world terror. Syria, well, it was a fairly small, insignificant country in the Middle East. But now it's, if I can say, causing worldwide consternation in terms of the thousands and hundreds of thousands who have fled there, um, some of which are coming here to Australia in the new year as refugees seeking asylum. And Paris, well, that was the city of love, wasn't it? The city of light. And uh, my wife has always said to me she would love to go there one year for our anniversary. And uh, we've got long service leave next year and we're hoping to go there, but there's a part of me thinking, do I really want to go? And people have asked, do you still want to go to Paris? And you think about what took place there, just unbelievable. And you see this photo. And that could have been any nondescript wall of a police station in all of Australia, couldn't it? Or New South Wales. But I guess many of us will recognise that is the place where someone was very tragically gunned down in an act of random terror. And the Vietnam War may well be over, but there's a reality that terror still reigns across the world and now in Australia as well. And I don't think since the days of the Cold War when people were afraid, literally, that a button would be pushed and a nuclear bomb dropped, have we experienced such fear again in a very different form. And there's many questions that are being asked in relationship to terrorism and how that works out. And I want to say and ask the question, is it possible to actually sing Lennon's song that let's hope it's a good one without any fear? And I want to say to us this morning, that I think this is why Christmas is such a wonderful day. Because it actually reminds us that there is a reality in life when you know the Lord Jesus Christ that will totally transform your world in the present as well as the future. Now, I know to some uh, in Australia, Jesus Christ is not a name that is sung with great joy. In fact, it's used as a swear word in many places. I don't think intentionally, it's just become part of our lingo. The way people will talk, they will just take his name in vain. Now to others, if you say that Jesus is the one who can transform your life, they'll think, Jesus? Who is he? He's just this kind of vague religious figure. And he gets a run in the media at Christmas time and Easter. But apart from that, uh, there's no real sense of understanding about this character that we come to worship this morning. 
But for us here at church today, I want to put forward to you that he is the most wonderful person and it's the most wonderful name that you could ever know in this world and the most important name that you could know in thinking about the world to come. And you see, from the rich and the powerful through to the poor and powerless, men and women of all ages, young, old, the ones who have personally had their lives changed by Jesus Christ will tell you he has the name that is above every other name. And to help us think about that for a few moments, I want us to think about the words that we had read to us this morning. Now, they really are quite profound. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Bible, the reading came from the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah was written in the first half of the Bible, which is called the Old Testament. And that reading was actually written by the prophet Isaiah and spoken some 800 years prior to the Lord Jesus turning up in this world. Now, it's not the only prediction and prophecy and description that Isaiah gives of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many in the book of Isaiah. There's two in particular, chapter 7 and chapter 9, that predict about the coming of a king who will be this special child. In chapter 7, the famous words that are uttered by Isaiah are, the virgin will be with child. The birth of the Lord Jesus by the Virgin Mary was predicted some 800 years prior. And Isaiah says, you will know him by this name, he'll be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And then in chapter 9, we have this wonderful description of this child, this son. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you see, what Isaiah predicted was that there would be one who comes that would have the government on his shoulder. He would be a ruler that would be born to them. Now, you think about the ones who've got the government on their shoulder currently, presently, at this time. You kind of have to speak that way about the Prime Minister. It changes so often in our country. Um, currently, Malcolm has the government on his shoulders. I pray it just lasts for a bit while longer than what it's been lasting. Without being political in any way, it'd just be nice to have some stability in the country. Now, Mike Baird has the New South Wales government on his shoulders. But what Isaiah was saying is there's going to be a child who comes to you who's going to rule. And he will have the government on his shoulders. He's announcing, actually, the birth of a world ruler. And he says there's a number of different names that he will be known by. He's going to be called these things. Now, names are very important. Um, we've got a friend, a uh, very dear friend of my wife's. And she's a doctor. She got married later in life in her late 40s. Her name is Sue Armstrong. And Dr. Armstrong sounds a nice name, doesn't it? Sounds a very appropriate name for a doctor. But I wouldn't say unfortunately she married this guy because they're very happy. But unfortunately his name was Ian Crook. <laughs> so there's no surprises there that she's not taken her married name professionally. Dr. Crook doesn't quite work, does it? Now, it's interesting, I was talking to one of the 8 o'clockers after the morning service, and they said, well, that's not the worst name I've heard for a doctor. There is a guy whose name is uh, Ian Deeth, and he's a doctor. Now, do you know how you spell Deeth? D-E-A-T-H. No wonder he calls it Deeth. Who'd want to be known as Dr. Death? <laughs> Apparently, he's a very good doctor. Well, you'd want to be with that name, wouldn't you? 
Now, I was reading also about a lawyer. Her name is Sue. Guess what her surname is? You. Sue you. You can find her on LinkedIn. True story. Let's have a look at Jesus' names. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. There's no doubt fear and anxiety are incredibly debilitating conditions. And for people who suffer with them, they suffer in silence, but there is a depth to their suffering which is very real. It can affect our thinking, our moods, our sleeping, our appetite, literally our everything. And it stems in part from feeling exposed, alone. We're not sure what the future will hold. We worry. This is the reality of fear. And I think in one of the most profound ways, we're reminded at the very beginning that this child who will come and rule the world will be called the Wonderful Counselor. You see, the Lord Jesus is the one who comes with wisdom to counsel us. It's not often how we think about our leaders, that they are counsellors, wonderful counsellors. But it is the way Isaiah begins the description of him. And you see, the reality is with the Lord Jesus, he came to be someone who would give us the wisdom of God and not just, if I can say, ideas. When he ministered, he said, I'm actually personally going to give you my spirit who will be called the counsellor. And this is the wonderful thing about, if I can say, the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us his person in the form of his spirit who is our counsellor. And he walks with us through life. Now you think about all that we are going through in this world and all that we individually experience in this life. And the promise of the gospel is this, that when you meet the living God in the person of Jesus Christ, you are given his person in the form of his spirit. Jesus is the wonderful counsellor who gives us himself by his spirit. He's known as the wonderful counsellor, but secondly, he's known as the mighty God. Rulers have power, but no one has the power that the Lord Jesus has. John's gospel begins this way. The word was with God, the word was God, and the word has become flesh. Isaiah said he'll be known as Emmanuel, God with us. And you see, this is why the world is stopping today. This is not just some local celebration in Manly or Australia. This is something that starts at the beginning of the timeline, and we tend to be at the front, and like a wave of Mexicans putting their hands up, it goes around the world as we stop worldwide and remember God entered this world. The Creator actually entered the world and became a creature. He is not just a wise man. He's not just a wise counsellor, he is the mighty God. And you see, this is the wonder and the magic of Christmas. 
We live in a world that will make up any and every idea about God and pretend that they're real. We live in a, in a world where we don't want God. We live in a world of rebellion, of injustice, of pain, a world of suffering. We live in a world that needs saving. And God did not look upon us with eyes of judgment, but rather entered into this world of pain and suffering and injustice and came to us. John's Gospel says, I did not come to condemn the world, but to save. For God so loved the world that he gave us his son. Let me ask you a question. Who do you know has the power to restore broken marriages? Well, actually, let me keep going. Who do you know has the power to help an addict overcome their addictions? Who do you know has the power to turn people of anger into people of love and patience? Who do you know has the power to actually turn God's anger at our sins away? Who do you know has the power to forgive us and grant us eternal life with God? Jesus does, because he is the mighty God. He actually is God in the flesh, who has come amongst us to save us and transform us into the people we were meant to be and welcome us into God's family so that we know eternal life and not eternal judgment. And so throughout history and with one voice, the church has proclaimed that Jesus Christ is the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords, and there's no other name greater than his name. He is the name that's above every name, Emmanuel, God with us. But that's not all. He's the everlasting father that he'll be known as. Now, Isaiah here is predicting, I think, what sort of ruler he will be. When you see the Lord Jesus, you do not see a despot. You see one, rather, who is like an eternal father, who welcomes us into the family of God and introduces us to the father. You see, the way he rules is with love. And with justice. And he rules his kingdom and he invites people in so that we can know God as our eternal Father. God is not some faraway despot who just wants to stomp on people and throw them in hell. No, he is a Father who sends his Son into the world to announce salvation and hope and life and grace to all who will come to him. Lastly, he is the Prince of Peace. I think probably the most famous of names for the Lord Jesus is this, that he's the Prince of Peace. In a world that's awash with fear and anxiety and uncertainty, Jesus is the one who brings peace. He's the Prince of Peace. It's how he rules and changes lives. He brings peace in the midst of fear and guilt. You see, deep down, when we're honest with ourselves, I think when we're in those quiet moments of honesty, we know we've blown it with God. We know things aren't right. 
and we wonder what will happen when we meet God. The Bible says there is a general fear of death that really unites humanity. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's standards, the Bible says. And we ask ourselves the question, what will happen when we meet God? And the Lord Jesus says, come to me and I'll forgive you and give you eternal life. If you will trust in me. Because you see, where does the Prince of Peace rule from? Where is his throne? Where was he crowned? Was it not at a cross outside the city of Jerusalem where they hung him and then on top of the cross they nailed this sign in three languages so the world would know he is the king of the Jews. And you see the prince, his throne is a cross. He was born to die. And from that throne flows forgiveness and grace and hope and love. Do you want to know your sins have been forgiven? Do you want to know how to come to the Father? It's through the Son. And through the wonderful death, if I can put it in those terms, and what he's done for us. And you see, Christmas announces the birth of our Saviour. And I'm not here to give an academic message. It's worth saying that. I'm here filled with joy to announce the world saviour to us again this year. To announce the name that is above every name. To announce that there is one who is called Jesus, who is the wonderful counsellor. Who is the mighty God. Who is the everlasting father, who is the prince of peace. And he's come for us. And he came for me and he came for you. And friends, I want to ask you one simple question this Christmas day as we reflect on the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is all of these things I've said. Who are you following this day? It's a very simple question. Who are you following? Because you see, all of us will be following something or someone. There is someone that we will give our allegiance to that will say is supreme, that gives me meaning in life, that I think is ultimate. And I want to say to you, the one I believe is ultimate is the one we're worshipping here this morning, who is the Lord Jesus. And I want to point you to him and say, he is the only one worth following in this world. It is the best way to live because he fills us with his spirit so that we have power and joy and strength and wisdom in life to face whatever will be thrown at us so that we can live without fear in this world. And when you have the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, he's the only way to die because he is the only one who can protect us from eternal death. Friends, who are you following this Christmas? If it's not the Lord Jesus, I would invite you to check him out, to come back to church, to pick up a Bible and read his story in the Gospels, 
as you have a break over this period. But perhaps today you want to say, I want to follow him now. I want him to be my prince, my king, my Lord. Well, if that's you today, let me invite us to bow our heads as I finish this message and let us pray. Father, we thank you for Christmas and the gift of your son who is the name above every other name. I thank you that he is the one who loves us, who gives us life and hope and peace and that we can follow him. And if there are people here this morning who would like to begin following, Father, I pray for them right now that you would open their hearts and their minds so that they say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen.